Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. All right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are taking a look at the new Netflix film Enola Holmes, which just came out a couple days ago. Stars Millie Bobby Brown as Sherlock Holmes kid's sister and i feel like we've been doing a lot of netflix movies lately i don't know how that's exactly uh happening or how they're all getting squeezed into the schedule but hey it was a fun one it was much better than i expected and while you know it's not the you know the greatest movie i've seen all year or anything like that it was plenty of fun and i think she does a great job in the role and it gave us a lot to talk about uh, Join me for this one is returning co-host Chad Clinton Freeman. He hasn't been on the show in a while, but it's always great to get Chad on with his gigantic lists of puzzle pieces that he comes with. And so we have a great time talking about Enola Holmes. Before we get to that, I want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And... Uh, why don't you check out our Patreon? That's always fun. We've got a bunch of bonus content on the Patreon for piecing it together, as well as awesome movie year. We're going to be posting some All Rice No Beans bonus content. And there's a lot of stuff right now having to do with my music career. I have a new album coming out on October 4th. It's called David Rosen. It's just a self-titled album. The first video from that album is called Multiply, and that's out on my YouTube channel right now, or you can check out by davidrosen.com. And I've got a whole lot of bonus content from the album that's going to be hitting the Patreon account. So you should definitely check that out if you want to, you know, support our podcast here as well as my many other endeavors in the world of music, podcasting, and everything else. And for a limited time only, if you sign up for the Patreon, you will get a free copy of the new album, David Rosen. So, you know, you can't beat that. That is a great way to get my new album and support the show and support Awesome Movie Year and All Rice No Beans and just get a whole bunch of awesome new content. So I say check that out. And with that being said, why don't we get into this conversation about Enola Holmes? <laughs> 
All right, so back with us. It's been a while since he's been on the show, but we've got our buddy Chad Clinton Freeman here. How's it going, Chad? Oh, it's going great. I am glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Uh, I was trying to think of the last time I'd been on. Um, I think it was maybe the... Yeah, Francis Ferguson, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that was the last one. Okay, yeah. well, that was a good one, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were, we were just kind of talking before we hit record here. This is going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one for us to cover here today because we both just watched it like late last night right. before bed, and so uh, this, this might be a little half baked, but we're gonna we're gonna do our best here <laughs> to to talk about Enola Holmes, good old Enola, yeah. and uh, all all of the good intentions of this movie, uh, which was. Pretty fun, I think. How, yeah. How'd you like it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did uh, enjoy it quite a bit, um, and I mean, I think uh, we'll we'll get into it. But there's there's a lot of things that are done really well with this movie, and uh, I think it it shows a good direction as far as uh, movies in general, as far mm. as movies about um, you know young women. Uh, sure. So I I I think uh, yeah, there was a, definitely a lot of positive. Um, I was going to say, you know, this is a, a Netflix movie, but it was not unmade by Netflix movie. This was okay. a Warner Brothers movie uh, mm-hmm. that Warner Brothers uh, basically dumped <laughs> because right. of uh, the pandemic. And uh, I think it I think it shows that, you know, it. it, it you know there there are several kinds of Netflix movies. There's there's the ones that they pick up from a festival, mm-hmm. um, like Cuties. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sure. I had to bring it up. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then there are the ones that uh, you know they basically get dumped by a studio, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, in this case you know is a good thing because uh, they actually uh, you know have a lot of stuff this year that they needed an outlet. Uh, so we get this one. Uh, the other, the other two are the ones that they actually make, which are generally terrible. And then the other is when they give somebody like Spike Lee or Martin Scorsese or Zack Snyder a check and say, "Here, go make a movie." Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ones. Exactly. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I got to say, before we get into the puzzle pieces, they have been stepping it up a little bit this year with uh, with their output. I feel like, and, and granted, there are a lot of Netflix releases that I just skip over and don't even watch, but I feel like there has been more good than bad this year, which is a little different from previous years. And maybe that has to do with the pandemic and trying to uh, fill our time with some good content or you know maybe they're just really are stepping it up in the department of what they're purchasing and what they're distributing yeah i, I think it's a mix of that really because because uh you know i i was very very pleased uh i mentioned spike lee very pleased with his movie um mm-hmm. and very pleased with this one again this was a a, a, a different you know so there, there are some i think that are going to pop up even next year uh, into this year that are pickups like this uh sure. that are studio getting rid of them but uh yeah no i mean i've uh i've seen some good stuff uh this year coming from them uh yeah so. so why don't we get into some puzzle pieces for enola holmes what do you got for your first piece so i'll go ahead and get this out of the way uh actually i'm going to do two puzzle pieces with this first one to get them out of the way um, and it ties into what I was just saying about how it is a Warner Brothers movie, um, mm-hmm. because of 
one of the movies that came to mind um, instantly for me was, of course, Wonder Woman. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, Warner Brothers movie uh, and uh, similarities in that you've, you've got a main character uh, who is... Uh, a young woman, uh, of course, in this case, it's a younger woman, but um, uh, she's, you know, brought up in isolation, um, different sort of uh, upbringing than the normal, um, and then she ends up going to London, uh, and sure. uh, she has to, uh, she finds herself trying to to, to fit in. Uh, yeah. This one doesn't and- get bogged down the way Wonder Woman does it sometimes with the fish out of water. Um, but uh, still, the the scene where she goes to the shop to uh, buy the clothes, uh, mm-hmm. to me, had a very uh, Wonder Woman feeling to it. And, and also, at the same time, you, you, she's a badass. I mean, uh, sure. it, it, you know, and uh, it's, you know, both... Uh, beginnings for these characters of finding who they are and by the end of the movie we have uh that person you know becoming that title character uh so uh in those ways much like uh wonder woman not quite the the spectacle but still at the same time the the same sort of uh progression of the the character yeah, and I think the spectacle needed to be, you know, reined in a little because it is, you know, in the Sherlock Holmes world. And right. so that's, you know, obviously a lot more uh, grounded. And, and I think also to to the character being, you know, younger. And I think it's a great piece, Wonder Woman. Uh, but the thing about Millie Bobby Brown is I honestly have no idea if she's like... 14 or 24 or somewhere uh, in the uh, middle so she she actually is 16 um okay is, th- wow. so this will this will bring up my my second puzzle piece actually which okay. is actually birds of prey uh and the there's a couple of reasons one though the 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 big one because as soon as this went off i saw produced by Millie Bobby Brown. I was like, what? So she right. produced this. Now, here's the thing, and I, I read into that. Evidently, when she read this book when she was like 10 and said, oh, I would love to play this character. And so ever since then, uh, her and her dad had been working on trying to get this movie made. This wow. movie was actually spearheaded by her just how uh, Birds of Prey was spearheaded by Margot Robbie. Um, Millie Bobby Brown and her dad actually hired the writer, and they hooked up with the legend, and they are the ones who ended up, you know, hiring the director. And, I mean, it's her baby, uh, which I thought was so amazing that she, uh, at the time when she uh, fell in love with this project, you know, she wasn't even old enough to play the part. And now mm. here she was, 16. It's like it was a perfect timing. Um, but, I mean, it, it tells you how, like, much ambition and drive she has. Right. Uh, now hitting 16 and she's got this movie, which is a fantastic movie for, you know, a movie about, like, 16-year-olds uh, in a number of ways. But sure. um, uh, to to get back to the puzzle piece here, though, with Birds of Prey, though, is that also you've got that element. Uh, she's not quite the uh, Wonder Woman is more refined, I would say, kind of in a way, uh, mm-hmm. whereas uh, Enola is a very outside the box, very much uh, 
more in that regard uh, on the on the side of Harley Quinn, who is mm-hmm. you know totally outside the box, um, and where she you know speaks to the the audience, uh, sure, uh, and and also the storytelling, the way uh, you get the flashbacks uh, to her upbringing and to her mother along the way that uh, fill you in on uh, basically her learning and her discovering herself and her figuring out what things her mother said to her meant and sure, um, sure. I, I like how that uh, that played out but it, that also reminded me a lot of Birds of Prey uh, also at the same time uh, she starts off the movie very much thinking that you know she's alone in the world of course her mm-hmm. name backwards spells alone um, right. and then she ends up realizing that you know um, you know she doesn't have to be alone that you know friends and even some of her family um, she, she can move forward and and use them uh, you know to, to make a way through uh, life and I think birds of prey that was one of the things that that Harley discovers as well uh, is that really her relationship prior with the Joker left her isolated and now she's come out of her shell. So, sure. um, Millie Bobby Brown, everybody forgets, but she was in that Godzilla movie, uh, <laughs> which That's was pretty terrible, awful. Terrible, Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, I, I wanted to, to point out though, that, uh, this movie with, with her, uh, really shows, um, how, fantastic of an actress she can be i was really Mm. happy to see that because she was really uh underused in the godzilla movie which you know wasn't good at all in any way but um it it shows you the difference of a project where somebody behind it who loves the character and uh really wants something to happen with it as opposed to Somebody just picking an actress and plugging her into a sure, movie. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really interesting about like her like wanting to make this ever since she was like really little and like pr- actually producing it and getting that opportunity. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about how this could be a series starter. And it, I mean, how perfect is that if she gets right. to continue this character? That that is pretty great. And I mean, I. I liked the movie, maybe not as much as you liked it, uh, but I I certainly could see it continuing and could see this growing a, as a character and as a story and the different places it could take it. But um, I will move on to my first piece. Okay. And that is, I think this is a pretty obvious one for the director, Harry Bradbeer, who also was a director on the series Fleabag which I have only watched a few episodes of, but uh, is exactly the same kind of fourth wall breaking, the girl turning to the camera and you know making cutesy, clever remarks to the audience about what's happening the whole time. And clearly that director brought that same energy to this and uh, continued that same thing. And then, of course, that show is also, you know, you know, filled with a lot of uh, modern feminism takes and stuff like that. And so this is a, you know, not very thinly field feminism story. Uh, and it's great the way that they weave that in there. Uh, but that is something that has carried over, I think, from his previous work on uh, on Fleabag. 
And that's a that's a show that um, I have heard a lot about. I've never have seen, but uh, yeah, as, as soon as this was over, I was like, "Who who is this director? I need to see some of his other stuff." But uh, I'm definitely gonna be looking into that. Um, uh, it's he, he a great energy. Yes, definitely. That that is a a good word for for this movie is uh, the the energy of it and um, there's a a positivity about the movie you know Um, and a fun uh, you know the character is very 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 sassy and and witty um, and just fun it's a it's a charming movie Uh, and so yeah Yeah. definitely if 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 Fleabag's around the the same way then I would definitely like that show but yeah the 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 feminine um, you know message of this movie uh, and like you said how it it is a very um, you know uh, feminine movie again that that ties in to where we are I think with with movies and I guess uh, you know TV shows as well and the current direction of uh, going back because you know this is a Victorian era movie of kind Mm -hmm. of um, getting to do some things that cinema hasn't done before. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, to, to that upbeat energy, uh, I, I watched this with the subtitles on, like I usually do. And like every new scene before any dialogue started, the subtitle said upbeat music. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's just such a poppy peppy energy (laughs) to this thing. It's like, yeah, that, that, that's and that's really kind of what this kind of movie needs. It doesn't need to be, you know, you, you said I you're going to hate me for this right now, but you did say, you know, you started this conversation off with a bunch of Warner Brothers and, you know, it's good that this doesn't get bogged down in too much seriousness or anything like that and it is just like the fun side of what Warner Brothers does. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it very very uh very light. I mean, obviously, the the way this one starts with her immediately, uh, you know, it, it's immediately her on a bicycle, and it's like, you know, this is my movie. You come uh, along with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's very fun in that way. So, what do you got for your next piece? So, I well, I, I, this is a kind of a, a fun one. I'll go ahead and because uh, I, I, I at least I thought it was almost kind of uh, making fun in a way and to me I thought it was very funny um I'm I've got Kill Bill uh cuz mm-hmm. uh this movie very much starts off with her very uh specific very particular and she has this list of here's here's phase 1 here's phase 2 here's phase 3 and then she gets to like phase 4 and she's like this might be phase 4 it might be phase 5 I it may be five, phase six. I'm not even really <laughs> sure. It's like things kind of go go not exactly the way she thought, and so she kind of throws out that. And then we don't ever come back to her like mental notes of here's what I'm doing now. Um, sure. Which it just reminded me very much of uh, uh, Kill Bill with the you know the list of checking off to do, and this one just kind of says you know not not always does everything go to plan so sometimes you just (laughs) got to throw that out sure no absolutely and you know i had something i was going to bring up at the end as like a an added note but this is a perfect place since you did bring up kill bill Uh, another connection to that movie is there's like this trope that you'll see in a lot of movies and it's in kill bill and it's here as well where 
the the character has this one move that they have specifically trained for, and then they ah, end up using it in the big right. confrontation at the end. Yes. And, uh, of course, that's how uh, the bride ends up killing Bill, and that's how uh, Enola kind of beats that the, the, the guy she's up against in this. Right. No, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, that, exactly. So I will move on to another puzzle piece here. And I mentioned that some of my pieces might be a little half-baked to the people listening at home. I apologize. But there's probably a better version of this one. But the first one that came to mind was the Young Indiana Jones series. <laughs> and I, I just, the idea of having a kid version of a very famous, well-known character. And of course, this also is, you know, female instead of male. But, you know, we all have seen so many versions of uh, of uh, Sherlock Holmes and these other movies with Sherlock Holmes. And Enola does take on a lot of the same aspects of Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, you know, the young Indiana Jones isn't exactly the perfect example of this because it is the actual character young versus, you know, a kid, uh, you know, in that case would be a brother or a sister or whatever. But, uh, but still it's like taking on those same aspects that made the classic character great and giving them to this new younger character. And so, yeah, I thought of the, uh, the young Indiana Jones adventures. No, actually, that that is a good piece. Uh, it brings up one of my pieces. Uh, I, I do have a very specific Indiana uh, piece here. Um, okay, but uh, but no, because in, and the other thing is that this is uh, an adventure movie. It, it isn't uh, bogged down with the with the spectacle. Um, it, this is very much a character movie um a lot of great characters i feel and very defined characters in this um but uh indiana jones um yeah actually the beginning of indiana jones and the last crusade uh mm -hmm. the one where river phoenix plays indy as a kid um he actually uh, escapes from a train um, this is actually the only scene in that whole movie that I ever remember. I don't even remember if I've ever seen this entire <laughs> movie because I didn't see it at the theater. Um, but I'm a big River Phoenix fan. Um, and there's actually, he steals an item that the bad guys are trying to get. And he's like, oh, this, this should be in a museum. Uh, he's like a sure. Boy Scout or something. And he's on a train. Uh, they're chasing after him. Um, he, what he ends up doing is, is actually, cause I rewatched this scene last night. Um, he actually climbs into, uh, it's a circus train. So there's all these snakes and things. Again, this oh, doesn't have right. that yeah, spectacle yeah. of snakes and alligators and things, but he, he ends up, the caboose is like a magic, uh, it's the, where all the magic props are kept. And he climbs mm -hmm. into a, uh, a, a trunk. Uh, and it's one of those magic trunks and they go in and they open the trunk and the, and the, the trunk's empty. And then he's somehow off the train, but, um, you know, very much the scene where they're on the train, uh, and they jump, uh, that just had a very Indiana Jones vibe to it. And I couldn't remember how, uh, Indiana got off the train and I was mm -hmm. like, did he just jump? Um, he, he was actually like, uh, doesn't even, like I said, it, he uses magic to get off the train, which doesn't even really, <laughs> it's not it's set in reality at all. Um, so this Indiana. actually works better. But um, yeah, I mean, just the way she's very 
quick on her her feet as far as the mm-hmm. way she thinks too is very indiana jones in that um you know there, there's there's always when you're watching those movies of how's he going to get out of this situation and of course mm-hmm. he does uh <laughs> and 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 she has that same uh quick wit to her that she's able to just when other people are possibly panicking you know like the character that she's saving um mm-hmm. she's able to say nope here's what we're going to do and then executes the you know and they get off the train. So no, I mean Indiana Jones. I think is a, a, a great piece here. I couldn't think of anything else either, as far as what you were thinking, as far as the younger version of, or like the the young kind of spinoff of, uh, you know, a classic character. Uh, sure. So I think overall, with both of those, uh, I think Indiana Jones in general is, a, is just a great uh, puzzle for this uh, movie. Awesome. Well, uh, what do you got next? Well, well, we went from yours to mine, but okay. Oh, I guess that was—I guess that was yours, huh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the reins. I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm just going to jump back to the fourth wall breaking again and go with a pretty easy one, and that's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, you know, there, there's this movie is filled with so much of that fourth wall breaking, talking to the audience and also with the adults on her tail the whole time through this, you know, this right. crazy little adventure. And it, it's a simple one. And it's, it's something we've seen many times before in other movies as well. Uh, I mean, you even said with uh, birds of prey also includes right. some of that as well. But I think the fourth wall breaking is like, and I don't know if that's there in the book or not, or if right. that was a invention from the, the director and the screenwriter, but that is a major part of what makes this movie tick. And so I thought I'd bring it back up again. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, it adds a fun layer. I, you know, uh, we are seeing more and more um, movies where uh, the lead characters do that. I think it always, though, immediately uh, gets the audience into what kind of film you're going to see though. Um, right, you know, when right. it, when it is, uh, something that's uh, a bit offbeat, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it, it's an element to help seemingly make it interactive, especially in this one where she says, you know, do you have any ideas? Uh, right. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, Really, really clever. Also, the wink that she does whenever uh, she she's being drowned and uh, mm-hmm. she pretends uh, to you know be dead, and then she gives a little wink and then she rises up from the water. Uh, that uh, uh, those little elements like that are just really nice uh, touches. So uh, works really well. Absolutely. So, what do you got for your next one? Well, um, so I, I was thinking um, in in terms of young characters that were detectives that sort of Mm -hmm. thing i wanted to bring up a couple pieces and then kind of uh talk about the difference and why this one's uh like so unique i feel um you know the you've you've got like uh nancy drew so she she's a, a a classic character of uh young kid books and a number of movies uh there was a movie last year even with with those movies um, they're very, uh, sort of after school special feeling. Um, mm-hmm. it's like they're, uh, specifically made for kids. And when adults watch them, it's, it's like, we're being like 
talked down to in a way or are just very it's just very you know uh, holding your hand is here's the sure. message you're supposed to learn. Uh, <laughs> um, mm. And whereas this one, this one, this one doesn't do that. It's very, like I said, it's an, it's an adventure movie. It's, it's like a big, it could be a big spectacle movie. It's like they took a big spectacle, like uh, Spielberg or something. And then they pulled out all of the, the spectacle and, uh, you know, bowled it back to, the characters um and i think that made this feel so fresh in that regard especially uh since it's um it it it's in the middle like uh you know on the one side like i said you've got like the nancy drew type movies um on the other side you've got something like kingsman which I know Kingsman, he's a little bit older. I think he's early 20s, but still, um, you've got with that, of course, it's very spectacle. It's also very violent. Uh, <laughs> it goes the other extreme to where it's like, okay, this is a comic book movie. This is an adult movie. Um, and so you've got a meeting of sort of those two kind of films, uh, Nancy Drew, Kingsman, uh, along with, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but it's like almost, it's more of an indie uh, character movie. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I love that you just combined Nancy Drew and Kingsman. <laughs> like, what is happening here? <laughs> So, um, you know, but I mean, really, uh, to 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 give this movie credit for for the characters, I mean, Sherlock Holmes, um, he's you know not the main character. Um, mm-hmm. He is uh, he's in it quite a bit though, but his character actually has a nice arc. Um, and a movie like The Kingsman, you're not getting that with any of the side characters at all. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, you get it with Eggsy, that's it. Uh, <laughs> with this, uh, you've got uh, uh, a, a nice character arc to, to like I said, uh, not just Sherlock Holmes, but then um, I forget his name. She says it about 300 times, and it's it's about four four names long, or I'm, he has a title and everything. The, 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 yeah, the boy. Tewksbury, uh, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> You know, he, his character has a nice arc to it too. Um, mm. So I mean, this is this is very much like a a real movie, in that you've got uh, characters that are learning things, that are becoming, uh, you know, better people in life, and at the mm. same time, it's a it's a fun adventure movie, um, and it's you know uh, seeing uh, you know. A, a young girl like Nancy Drew doing things that you don't necessarily see in movies. Um, sure. But, uh, and, and it just seems very, very refreshing uh, to me. All right. So Nancy Drew and Kingsman, that is, uh, that's the piece and I, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> so I will move on to my next one. And uh, this is something I don't do too often. I just did it a couple weeks ago, maybe for the first time. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm going to go with a song for my next puzzle piece. Uh, and it is No Doubts Just a Girl. Oh, which nice. I, I think everything about it, it just feels <laughs> so much like this movie. I mean, from the feminist message of, you know, uh, the world the world, the way that the world is and what it wants out of women and her just 
kind of, you know, throwing a, uh, you know, I don't care what the world wants out of right. me. I'm going to be who I'm going to be out of, out of that message. And then, you know, we talked about the fun energy of it as well, mm-hmm. which I think also goes with the, the feeling of that song. And so I just think that song just really is a, uh, a great parallel for what this movie is going for. No, no, that's, that is a, a, a nice piece. Uh, I'm actually glad they didn't throw it in the movie, though. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it did not work very well in Captain Marvel, and it wouldn't have worked well here. <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, a, a great song. I, I think that was a, a very uh, a groundbreaking song at the time, um, and. Uh, like I said, I with the, with this movie, it, it definitely feels very fresh, and it might not uh, be the first. Uh, you know, it might not be groundbreaking in any way, but I, I definitely think it, it it shows us where movies are going, and that sure. um, movies are in a, a very good and positive direction. Of course, there might be some um, people that would be mad that, whoa, it should have been directed by a woman. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, again, I, you know, maybe maybe in the future, if there are sequels, maybe Millie Bobby Brown will, will direct one of them. Um, I yeah. think uh, her, 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 her fingerprints are all over the movie, um, and it's very much her baby. Um, from what I understand, she actually, for the first time, did some... Uh, you know, ad libbing and some of the uh, the the character uh, little things that she says and does are actually uh, not in the original script. Um, mm. Evidently, with Stranger Things, she never uh, you know everything's very specific as to uh, what uh, is on paper is what's on screen. Um, and with this, uh, the director uh, pushed for her to really own the character and sure. uh, you know. Uh, make things her own so but uh, yeah. un- unfortunately unfortunately i think the conan doyle estate would absolutely shit a brick if a woman directed one of these <laughs> well <laughs> evidently they're very mad over this movie because yeah because uh sherlock holmes is like a emotional person i mean right. as opposed to being just the robot which to me is what makes it so fantastic but like yeah. i said um um, I, of course, you know, uh, Superman, Henry Cavill plays, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes. So, um, instantly, uh, just hearing that news, I wanted to see this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he very much is, is very just kind of stoic, uh, Henry Cavill to start off with, uh, more, uh, maybe, kind of smug and, and smart ass uh henry mm. cavill along the man from uncle as opposed to uh superman or the witcher but uh he um again there's growth to his character of him through her seeing you know uh, importance of family and also just he 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 definitely has a, a growth through her of 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 being more human i think sure, and uh sure. and yeah evidently they're they're mad about that and i'm just like yeah oh. you know I, I, 
I I might not uh, you know necessarily agree with every woke thing happening in the world right now, but that controversy right there is just <laughs> proof that things really do need to change in this direction. You know, like that cert- certain people are just uh, absolutely ridiculous, and right. things need to move forward. Uh, oh man! So anyway, what do you have for your next piece? Um. Well, I was gonna hit on a a, a couple of uh, a Disney movies just as a comparison also um okay one um this was actually um instantly one of the disney movies that i thought of the animated uh, disney movie i haven't seen the new one but mulan uh the fact that mm-hmm. um she uh you know is uh, dressing up as a boy uh to escape and then a couple of other times she dresses up as a boy which it, i is kind of a, a a funny running gag that they don't ruin i think whenever she uh offers these uh, uh guys uh, five dollars to change clothes and it never mm-hmm. cuts back to the boy in the dress which i i was so happy that they didn't do because they could have <laughs> gone for a cheap laugh um mm-hmm. and i think in this day and age of you know we were just talking about woke uh culture i think that that's something that would be frowned upon so i think it's very smart that they didn't cut back to either one of these boys wearing the dresses um sure but uh yeah so uh mulan you know um uh, uh dresses up like a a guy to go you know fight in the army uh basically to you know uh do what she feels right and fight. Uh, and, and again, that's what you have with this character doing. Um, and she, from time to time, because of, of you know, the, the period, it's easier for her to, you know, be a boy, uh, to go unnoticed, I guess, in certain situations than it is to, right. uh, you know, be a girl. Um, Additionally, uh, Cinderella, the actual, uh, the the not the animated, but the the future film, the uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh uh, film that came out a few okay. years ago. Um, we, you know, uh, Disney. It's always well, not just Disney, but but I think most uh, like family movies. It's generally the the mother's gone, and so. The, the daughter is kind of uh, this wild child, untamed woman, because it's been the dad that's been raising her. Uh, and he, of course, as she's coming of age, doesn't, you know, know what to do with her. Uh, and so with with Cinderella, you, you've got that element where it's the dad raising the daughter, and then, of course, he remarries, and you've got these new people that come in, the dad dies, and then she's left alone uh, with, you know, this mean stepmom and uh, the stepmom's daughters. Um, uh, with this one, you've got the 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 daughter being, you know, in isolation with the mom and the mom is very much a feminist, uh, totally just raising her the way she wants to, to make her totally her own person. Um, and, uh, the fact that she, uh, then when the brothers come in, uh, they see this and are pretty much appalled and need to send her off to, you know, manor school and this, that, and the other. Uh, and so she's, she's, she's fighting against being her own person and, you know, what, 
uh, her brothers now want her to do and becoming, you know, who she's going to be. Um, yeah. with Cinderella, uh, I think there's some good with the uh, recent Cinderella movie, but it's still very outdated in the regard mm. because it's, uh, you know, her, she's, she's being treated a certain way by the stepmother and the stepsisters. And she wants to prove that she is as much of a, you know, a girly girl woman as they are kind of thing. Right. <laughs> and then you've got the prince and magic that saved the day. So on, on the one side, there was that uh, comparison that I, I, I felt, but at the same time, this one is a more realistic and a more modern uh, version because uh, she doesn't have anybody or anything but herself that makes her uh, who she wants to be, you know, to fulfill right. her herself as a person. Um, and to add on to that, I was thinking about Aladdin because, uh, the, you know, the the live action movie still fresh in my head. Um, uh -huh. With Aladdin, you've got the, uh, and, and this is, again, one of those things that always seems to be this way with uh, the Disney movies and then also with family-type movies where it's the, um, the male character saving the female character in some way. Whereas in Aladdin, it's the... A uh, female character is going to be married off to, you know, some horrible person uh, uh, that she has no choice in. And he uh, ends up, you know, uh, coming in and becoming the person that she wants to marry and they all agree to it. So you've got the male, though, still saving the, the female, just like uh, in, in Cinderella in a way. Whereas in this right. one, she saves the male who is the prince or whatever you want to call it. He's a, uh, I forget what, what is the, what is the term he is? He's not a prince. He's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, I, I know what you mean. He's a, he's royalty or whatever. It was so, a very British word. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so he's the one though, that needs the saving from, from the, uh, from the girl. And so again, very just, uh, different from any, like, of the Disney remakes that have been even more like, I guess, woke than like the animated versions, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think most of the animated movies from Disney have, have been all backwards. And then the live actions have been a bit more, um, modern but uh still yeah. not quite there again i haven't seen mulan yet not there all the way yeah and I, I think mulan is probably a totally different story because i think the animated was always a lot different uh than all of the other ones um I, this just uh, again just shows us where where we are though with movies of family friendly movies for girls you know young audiences uh, mm -hmm. and just i think in general though just a, a woman character because i yeah. mean without uh thinking of characters that have been like very sexualized there aren't many movies that i can think of that were a main character that was even a woman that goes like on this adventure and um you know it's it's all on her oh yeah i mean like if you look at our list here that we we're putting together we're basically naming them all 
you know, right, <laughs> where right, right. Uh, all of the real female fronted movies. And so, I mean, that just goes to show that there needs to be more of them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kill Bill's, she's not overtly sexualized. So, I mean, that would be one of the, the bigger ones I, that I can even think of besides, you know, the, the superhero movies. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, move on to another piece. I only have a couple more left here. Th- this one is just more of just a director kind of piece. And I thought of Tim Burton's work uh, just in yes. general. Yes. You know, uh, not any particular specific movie. Maybe you've got more of a specific one. But uh, I just thought that that his general style that we all associate with Tim Burton, I think, is uh, something that influenced the the movie here. And I do hope there's more of that. Uh, if they do continue to do sequels, especially there are some sequences in the movie that got a little extra stylized. And I would hope that with maybe a little more budget or whatever, maybe they do lean into that a little bit more because it really fits the character and it fits the world that they seem to be uh, putting together here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I I, I also uh, felt very Tim Burton. Not just, you know, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, which I sure, didn't realize. Sure, that too. Yeah, <laughs> didn't realize going in that she was even in it. Uh, she was great in it. Um, uh, it's very Tim Burton. And, and, and yeah, I was, I was trying to place that too. Um, actually, uh, I think it works uh, not even just uh, as being – uh, Tim Burton, but overall, but Alice in Wonderland uh, was the one mm. uh, that really came to mind. I mean, it's it's uh, very much of the the same kind of time period, minus you know all the uh, uh, the drug induced uh, <laughs> hallucinations <laughs> and stuff. But uh, no, uh, the Alice in Wonderland movies, uh, he he didn't have anything to do with the sequel, but the sequel was, was actually uh, good as well. Um, I that character overall, um, she's very much a uh, outside the box, you know, uh, for the times uh, woman. That uh, even in I remember in the sequel that she was actually like locked up in an insane asylum uh, for mm. a little bit. Um, this was t- totally I I felt that was coming in this movie at some point. I mean, because right. uh, she does uh, go to the uh, the manor school, which was you know bad. Which enough. is a form of the same idea. Yeah, basically. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I I I feared it was headed in that direction. Uh, I was glad that that was uh, kind of I, I I think it's important to to have that in there, but I'm I'm glad it didn't get bogged down too much with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the but yeah uh definitely definitely Tim Burton I mean I could see him uh directing uh one of these films uh would be a little bit darker but uh <laughs> totally uh <laughs> totally uh Tim Burton's uh wheelhouse for sure I mean uh even if you think about characters that he's uh had a hand in um you know the uh, uh character from Beetlejuice uh, Winona Ryder's character. Um, I mean, uh, it's almost like this is a uh, more, um, you know, fleshed out uh, version of a character like that. Uh, right. You know, really, really taking her out and 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 giving her her own big uh, film. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I only got one more left. Uh, we're at the the forty five minute mark. I'm sure you have about twelve more. Actually, I don't. I don't have too many more. <laughs> okay. Well, what what do you have? Uh, what do you have next? And then uh, I'll get my last one in. Well, I think uh, this would be a, a, a good one. Uh, it goes along with the Disney. It's not Disney. I don't think it's Disney. Maybe it is Disney. Um, Brave, um, the animated uh, film that came out a few years ago. It's Pixar. It's Pixar, so it's Disney. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the time that that one came out. Um, it was really a, a, a big deal that uh, that movie uh, was like the first time that, that you had like this girl character that doesn't need a man to save her she she uh sure. is the 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 hero in her own story um mm. and and also at the same time uh, she was very much like you know considered a a wild child um uh she was a you know skilled in you know archery and all of this stuff uh and this character uh in uh enola you know uh, knows martial arts and uh which They're i thought was fantastic yeah exactly and yeah. archery even which she doesn't you know even go into much uh, use of a lot of these skills which definitely opens this up to being uh, the introduction to a world that i think would be really great um sure. but but yeah on the on the animated side and again just to hammer on that idea of that we're we're progressively moving in a direction of you know, uh, family friendly and, um, family friendly doesn't have to be, uh, dumbed down and family friendly can be for everybody. It doesn't have to be just for kids. <laughs> and then right. also, you know, uh, women, uh, characters, uh, you know, they can, uh, go on adventures and they can do things that, you know, uh, male characters have traditionally only done um and it doesn't matter what time period you're talking about you're talking about in this one a very repressive time period and they still are able to uh you know uh, work out a way to to make this story come to life yeah and i like that that they're able to even though it's a, a time period that you maybe would think isn't that that uh progressive but to like fit it in there anyway and you know it's a movie, so it's great to be able to squeeze that in there. Right. So, all right, well, uh, I'll go with my last piece, and I I don't, this is another one where I don't have a great example. It's more of a, uh, more of a trope, but the, the example I was going to use is Interstellar, and maybe it's not the perfect example, but it's basically the movie where somebody is missing, especially a parent, uh, and they're sending some kind of hidden messages back and forth. You know, and mm-hmm. and I thought of that whole ending sequence with Interstellar as as the example, but I know that there's probably a better version of that. And of course, here Enola uh, is is tracing these hidden messages uh, with her mom, and so it just made me think of that thing that seems to happen in movies uh, from time to time. No, the Interstellar was a good one. I I was trying also along that same lines of thinking of you know somebody's missing and the uh, main character uh, looking for this person. And then also this one, you know, it's uh, uh, the 
person missing and it, or do they even want to be found sort of thing. And I know that right. that's been done uh, in a lot of movies. Um, but the thing with the messages, yeah, I, I didn't even, uh, didn't even think of that. Uh, that is a nice tie to, uh, interstellar with that. Um, what I was thinking as far as, uh, the, because I, I recently saw this when I told you, I know it's a movie that you like, uh, searching, um, cause searching, uh, you've got the daughter goes missing and then the dad he starts to discover things about the daughter that he did not know and i think you've got that element of uh her finding out things about her mom and we as an audience still don't know exactly what (laughs) has totally uh what what the mom's been into um is the mom possibly a super villain uh (laughs) in future (laughs) stories or is uh is uh you know what Enola's done in this movie enough to to bring her uh, ground her back, uh, not to be too radical. Um, you know she's potentially a, a terrorist. Uh, we don't really know, uh, but uh, yeah. So searching of uh, you know just uh, it opening up a new world into that person. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's a good another good example of that that thing. And then also, though, uh, the the second Fantastic Beast movie, which, uh, again, uh, plays well to the time period. This one um, is further back than Fantastic Beast, though. But, um, you know, the 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 look of the uh, the city and again, this one's more like dirt road than it is like pebble uh, stone. But um, Mm -hmm. in that one, you've got a basically uh, a mystery of you know where is the person and is the person gone because they want to be gone um you know uh and and you've got all these different people that are uh, you know looking for them uh so i've thought of that one the other side of that is the the family that wants to kill off one of the other family members because of you know their their status or their uh you know uh their wealth or, or what have you. That was one right. of the other things that I was trying to think of something. I couldn't quite come up with anything. Yeah, no, that, that is another one. And, and I think that that it's basically an adventure movie. And so a lot of those kind of things that like kind of come up so many times in various adventure movies right. do kind of, it, there's only so much, uh, you know, to, 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 bring variety to that kind of a story. And so there's gotta be a reason for people to be chasing after each other. And there's only right. so many reasons, right. right? Yeah. But, uh, all right. Well, uh, do you have, uh, any others you wanted to, uh, jump through before we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah. Just a couple of, well, actually a, a real quick one was a fistful of dollars. Um, okay. because, uh, uh, you know, the, they, they actually use the, use the gag twice basically, but, uh, in different ways. One is, is, um, when she, uh, is stabbed, uh, she has on the corset, uh, which oh, the sure. knife doesn't pierce. Um, and, and, and to, 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 uh, really hammer on how horrible these corsets are, uh, later on the, uh, the boy is puts a of course we don't know as the audience but puts on uh, a steel plate from one of these night 
uh, armories that's around. So to me, it was basically a, a statement of, of how horrible the, the corsets were. And then sure. also at the same time, um, anytime that happens, when any, ever there's a, a, a plate uh, used in a, in a film to stop a bullet or anything like that, I instantly think of Fistful of Dollars, um, which in this movie, I, I totally thought the boy was dead. I thought, oh yeah, I, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, really? Because <laughs> I mean, it, it was bad enough that she actually. Because I mean, this movie, you know, it 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 really isn't that dark. It really isn't that violent. So when she basically kills the bad guy, I was like, wow. Right. Um, and then he wasn't di- dead, and then he died, and I was like, oh, he is dead. And then so the boy gets shot, and I was like, wow. Really? It's a bloodbath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like this is more like Kill Bill than I thought. Right, um, right. But then, but then, oh, he he had the armory underneath, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, and um, so, Fistful of Dollars. Uh, oh, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies um, was another one, <laughs> uh, due to the the time period, and also uh, with that one, um, you have uh, I th- I think it was daughter's just raised by the dad i think uh mm. but he taught them to be warriors and trained them uh in swords and so they're badasses and so when the zombie apocalypse comes they're just like okay let's do this and they're like killing all these zombies and like uh saving these guys who are like you know scared screaming little babies um <laughs> not the best movie um i i i enjoy that movie um i I haven't seen it a long time but uh there's some elements to it that i think are great but um i think it's a little made a little too early and so it found itself in a weird place of trying to be uh slightly exploitive while also empowering and so it actually came out as a weird mix in that regard um Hmm. But uh, as far as movies in uh, taking place in like Victorian era, where you've got uh, the women really breaking that mold, um, I thought that was a, a, a good example, though. Um, the right only on. other one I think I have here, oh, well, I too, it looks like. Um, is, uh, and this kind of goes back to the Nancy Drew thing a little bit, but uh, Harriet the Spy. Um, which Harriet the Spy was the the first movie Nickelodeon uh, made, um, oh, okay. and it, um, w- like like Nancy Drew, is very much about learning the lesson. Because with Harriet the Spy, uh, she's like a uh, uh, she she writes down notes on everybody. So she 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 has this book and she writes down every secret that she hears. Uh, mm. And then she ends up learning that this uh, this ability that she has and this drive that she has is something that she can use positively, but she hasn't necessarily been using it positively, uh, which is a lot like how the Nancy Drew movies are. And this one doesn't have that element. Again, that was something that makes this so much different than the other, um, uh, like, kid movies. Um, and along with that, also with the Kingsman, I think this is one that goes well, is the Spy Kid movies, um, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, Spy Kids, I think at the time was very, very, uh, like, uh, so 
different and and there were so many like knockoffs that came after it um right but uh the fact that you know you had uh uh kids on this adult adventure doing you know uh, adult like things uh right um but again with with spy kids and kingsmen and even even like the nancy drews they are all bogged down with technology too though and gadgets and um that's the other thing that was so cool about this one is that she's not you know She's not Wonder Woman. She doesn't have special powers. She's not, doesn't have any gadgets. None exist at the time. Uh, (laughs) It's just actually her. And so that's what makes it so different is that it's not, it's just her. It's not a man. It's not a boy. It's not gadgets. It's not superpowers. It's just her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that opens the, opens the door for, you know, all kinds of interesting, different kind of uh, situations to get her into and out of in right. future movies, hopefully. Yep. So, all right. I'm going to do the finished puzzle with our usual giant list uh, whenever <laughs> I have Chad on. Uh, but that includes Wonder Woman, Birds of Prey, Fleabag, Kill Bill, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Nancy Drew, Kingsman, No Doubts Just a Girl, the song, uh, Mulan, Cinderella, Aladdin, Tim Burton Films, Brave, Interstellar, Searching, Fantastic Beasts 2, A Fistful of Dollars, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Harriet the Spy, and the Spy Kids series. So, uh, Chad, you got any, any closing thoughts on this? Anything, uh, any major things that we didn't really get to within the puzzle pieces? Oh, I did. I did write down a note on, uh, this would have been a puzzle piece, but I forgot. Um, the, uh, the end credits. I love the end credits. Um, mm. it, it reminds me of like a, a pop-up book, uh, for kids. Oh, yeah, the, way yeah. that the characters pop in and which they use that early on, um, when, um, they go to the, she goes to the mansion and she's like, it's so-and-so and so-and-so and and all the servants and they all pop in. Um, I, I I love the, that little pop-up element reminding me of uh, kids pop-up books. Um, yeah, that was fun. But, uh, no, other than that, uh, there wasn't a whole lot else I could think of, but you know, I, I, I really did like it. Uh, this was on my, uh, uh, top 10 of most anticipated movies this year. Um, right. That was not knowing anything about it. Um, not even knowing that, you know, this was like a project spirited by uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, to me, that adds another, knowing that, it just adds another layer to uh, the, you know, the positivity of this movie. Um, right. But uh, no, I mean, I, I would love to see a, a Sherlock Holmes spinoff with uh, Henry Cavill, of course. Uh, I mean, I he is you know, he is great in the role. Yeah. He does no, a good he, job. he he's just I, he is so you know he he's he's so likable. He's he's kind of like the Rock in that way, but he doesn't have the knowingness of the Rock. Um, <laughs> and 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 that's the other thing though that I I I was going to bring up. This doesn't have like you know. The Jumanji movies are great, but they have that really uh, lowest level of humor, just like most right. Jack Black movies, like Clock in the Walls, where somebody's got to be puking or farting or or f- a fat guy falling down. Uh, 
<laughs> this does not go to that level. That's the difference, though. Like I said, that that Henry Cavill, he 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 has that charisma and likability of of like The Rock. But when it's a Rock movie, it's going to have that Jack Black. I mean, and I love Jack Black too, but it's going to have that Jack Black humor of right, you know, right. uh, somebody's throwing up or farting. <laughs> And and kids love that for whatever reason, but this one doesn't go there, and I was happy about that as well. I like a good fart every once in a while. But, you know. uh, <laughs> one more note of Henry Cavill, but that ha delivery was really really good. Uh, you know, in that one scene where he's walking away, that was that was the best moment of the movie for me. Uh, so props to Henry Cavill. He, and, he, he definitely had a he definitely had a couple of uh, nice uh, moments in the film. He did. Yeah, and, and there, just one final thought before we close this thing up, though. Uh, and I wasn't sure if I'd be bringing this up or not, but since neither of us brought up Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes films. You know, do you think that that was a inspiration here? Or do you think that they tried to maybe steer away from that a little bit on purpose? What do you think? I I think it probably was uh, because I I hadn't seen him actually. Because even though I love Guy Ritchie, I I just don't like Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> um, is that that is dedication to your strange dislike of Robert Downey Jr. Because I know you love Guy Ritchie, and I'm shocked you haven't seen those movies. So, yeah, yeah, I still have not. Uh, I almost bought them on Blu-ray. They had them both for like seven dollars at Walmart, and then they were even on uh, Prime Video recently. And I was going to watch them, and then I, I was like, I just still haven't watched them. Um, I, I I think that um, you know uh, this this does have uh, that sort of uh, a toned down, uh, more lighthearted version of a, a Guy Ritchie movie in, in many ways. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it definitely has that uh, 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 weird storytelling and uh, that there's a lot of things that are all mixed up. Um, I would say that sure. I, I, it, it had to have uh, been something that was definitely uh, a part of the inspiration. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that version of Sherlock Holmes but um, I just assume, since it's Robert Downey Jr., that he is a, a smug smartass, but he's not a very good guy, or that he's not a, you know, uh, a, a guy with much heart. And I think that uh, this one, again, with that character, they, they, they make him more of a, you know, a person and a decent person. You 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 need to uh, you need to talk to someone about your Robert Downey Jr. issues. So, uh, Chad, is there another movie you saw recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Yes, actually, uh, this one uh, kind of goes well with this one in a way. Uh, one of my favorite movies this year, um, and I'm not even sure if it's a 2020 movie, but uh, if it came out last year, it was like at the end of the year and nobody heard of it because i hadn't mm -hmm. heard of it until this year uh lady world um it's hmm. uh amanda kramer it's a a a very small i would imagine uh indie uh film uh it's uh eight girls uh basically it's uh the end of the world we don't exactly know what has happened outside but it's uh these girls that are uh together at this like slumber party uh it's a it's a birthday for one of the girls um and these girls are trapped inside this house uh with dirt 
uh, something's happened and, and dirt is basically blocked all the doors and windows. So they're, they're not able to go out. So they have hmm. no idea, like, if anything exists outside. Uh, they can't get a hold of anybody by their phones, and then their phones end up dying. And so it's very like uh, Lord of the Flies with girls. Um, hmm. It's, uh, you know, uh, I would say probably 16, maybe even a little younger. Uh, so there's a lot of... Uh, mean and nastiness amongst them right. it's very very tribal um it's it's uh at times uh a tad uh, hard to watch and uncomfortable but uh overall just a fantastic movie though about stripping away everything in society and and how do people act when there are no rules and and you have to basically make your own rules so mm-hmm. uh, really really good movie though sounds interesting yeah I, I hadn't heard of it um well right on uh chad is there anything you wanted to plug before we wrap it up nope i am all good um nothing well, I was, i'm glad I was, to get you back on the show though oh yeah sure. definitely I, I was gonna say that I, I am very extremely disappointed in netflix that uh, Henry Cavill was not sexualized in this movie. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, you'll find a way to do that, I'm sure. So. <laughs> I I heard that they're very good at sexualizing things, so I was very excited, to, uh, you know, to see him shirtless or something, uh-huh. and just didn't yeah. happen. So, well, um. I, I'm sure you, I'm sure you'll be on the Reddit boards looking for that uh, <laughs> as soon as we finish wrapping this up so (laughs) chad thank you so much for uh for joining me again on the show and we will uh hopefully do it again sometime soon all right are you tired of stumbling across the same old kind of podcast show with a couple of white guys every other day talking about different forms of entertainment such as movies music video games Well, too bad, because we got another one for you. Introducing the world's most unoriginal and anti-niche podcast ever, the Podwood Forecast. Hosted by Mitchell Owens. I steal money from poor innocent people who got in car crashes. And yours truly, Clifford Close. This is a podcast we do for fun where we talk about the little things we enjoy. The Podwood Forecast. Available on any podcast platform. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Enola Holmes. Thank you, Chad, for coming back to the show. It had been a while, but always have fun with you and glad to have you back. If you enjoy piecing it together, we hope that you rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Um, You know, some people say it doesn't really matter getting all the reviews and all that stuff, but you know what? Whether it helps with the Apple podcast ratings and rankings and all that stuff or not, I just like to get feedback. I like to know that people are out there listening. I like to know what they think, and I want to continue making the show better. We're, what are we, 140-something episodes in at this point, not counting all the special episodes and stuff. I, I want to keep making this thing a better show for everybody, and so any feedback is good feedback. Although, you know, unless you want to give us five stars, save the stars for something else, but... <laughs> Uh, you can also, of course, follow us on social media 
at PiecingPod, and we appreciate all the shares as well. Anytime you share these episodes, it really, really helps to get the word out and, uh, you know, help support our show. Uh, social media is at PiecingPod on all the major social media uh, platforms, and also our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about on the show. We also have our Patreon that I told you about at the top of the show. It's called Produced by David Rosen because it encompasses all of the stuff that I do, my music career, as well as all the podcasts I'm involved with. So check out that Patreon if you want to throw some support or just make sure to check out the album David Rosen when it comes out on October 4th. Actually, one week from today, if you're listening to this the day it goes up, uh, on Friday, October 2nd, two things are happening. First of all, there's going to be a special episode of Piecing It Together that is actually a full-length commentary track where you'll get to hear the new album and hear me talk about the story of making the new album while it's playing. So that's going to be the first chance to actually get to hear it all other than the song Multiply, which, again, the music video is out now on my website and YouTube channel. So go check out Multiply. But that commentary track is coming next Friday. And also on next Friday... You may be familiar with a website called Bandcamp, where independent artists can sell their music. Uh, my album will be available for sale on Bandcamp, as are all the rest of my albums. And next Friday, October 2nd, 2020, in case you're listening to this two, three years from now, um, <laughs> that day, Bandcamp is waiving all of their cut of all sales. So, if you're thinking about just flat-out buying my new album, David Rosen, or any of my other albums, Friday, October 2nd is the day to do it over on Bandcamp. You can buy my limited edition CD pressing of the new album or any of my previous albums, and you can buy digital download versions if that's your thing, uh, but they will not take a cut, and I will keep all of it, and all that money will get to go into hiring awesome people to make new music videos for me or promoting my music and doing all the cool stuff that I try to do uh, surrounding these these albums and this music and this uh, strange career that I've carved out for myself. So October 2nd, davidrosen.bandcamp.com. That is the absolute best way to buy my albums. Check it out. Or support the Patreon, because I really want to get more Patreon subscribers, so that way uh, I could continue making more bonus content with Awesome Movie Year for it, more Piecing It Together content, and give me a reason to dig into my archives of unreleased music and start putting out some of that stuff on there. So, uh, check out the Patreon. So, let's close this thing out with a piece of music, as we always do, and I guess I'll play something from the new album. How about that? What track should I play? I'm going to play, actually, one of my favorite tracks from the album. I'm pretty sure I haven't played this yet on the show. I've only played a few tracks so far. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. It is called Wonder, and I think this would fit very well with the whole Enola Holmes, the whole uh, the vibe that this movie was going for. So enjoy this track. Again, it's called Wonder. It's a very upbeat track, uh, but also very kind of almost haunting and melancholy at the same time. I, I really love this track, so enjoy it, and we will be back more piecing it together next week.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.